Chapter 15. A Detour. Diet Dilemmas. Obesity is a true pandemic and one of the worst health disasters of our lifetime. The best treatment is unknown. Diets that are appropriate for thin people do not help the obese. Advice like eat a moderate diet and don't eat between meals is useless for them. Intermittent fasting and the Atkins-type diets work but require weeks to months of adjustment and need to be continued indefinitely. Agriculture is a great gift that is saving the world. Farm productivity has exploded in the last 50 years. Worldwide famine deaths have crashed. I put a chart below about the famine deaths from 1860 to 2016 showing a declining curve. That's from Steven Pinker's Phenomenal Enlightenment Now, published in 2018. Hybrid crops and mechanization have driven up corn yields. There were 20 bushels per acre in 1980, but by 2019, this increased to 160. Other crops show similar trends. Other advances have paralleled and were likely the result of abundant food. Global literacy was 55% in 1950 and rose by 5% a decade after that. It is now 86%. No rational person outside of an oddball billionaire or two still worries about the population bomb. The number of people in the world is projected to be 9.7 billion by 2064, but this will decline to 8.8 billion by 2100. These trends debunk the media disaster-mongering. But against this optimistic tide, we have obesity. The daily calories food producers supplied to U.S. citizens rose from 2,900 per person in 1961 to 3,700 today. Adult caloric requirements range from 2,000 for sedentary women to about 3,000 for a few active men. Big food must either export the excess or force-feed it to us using marketing. In 1980, 15% of us were obese, but this number is now a third. Overweight people are another third, according to the CDC. Authorities have recommended low-fat diets for 40 years. Quote, saturated animal fats increase blood levels of, quote, bad cholesterol, LDL, which was assumed to be evidence that a high-fat diet caused heart disease. So in 1985, the Surgeon's General Report on Nutrition and Health recommended dietary fat restriction. When the food pyramid came out in 1992, these guidelines went mainstream. Later versions were promoted in 2005 and 2011. It all sounded sensible. The government was trying to help. What could go wrong? Our obesity began about the same time as the food pyramids promoted low-fat and low-animal-fat diets. The for-profit food companies helped market these ideas, peddling cheap manufactured fats and processed sugar under the, quote, low-fat and cholesterol labels. Although the consensus is not complete, powerful evidence has now developed that we eat too little fat and that saturated animal fats are safe. Even though meat consumption raises the bad LDL cholesterol, it also raises the good one, HDL. Dozens of studies have proven that this diet does not cause heart disease. Others show no association with death or stroke either. Eating less fat also encourages carbohydrate consumption, which does increase heart attack rates. Cholesterol numbers are related to atherosclerosis, but changing them with drugs or diet is less beneficial than was originally thought. Statin medications, for example, lower the bad LDL cholesterol, but do not 
decrease heart attack deaths enough to justify their side effects. They are useful only in a few narrow circumstances. See my first book, Butchered by Healthcare, published in 2020. Food manufacturers use high pressure and temperatures to synthesize the hazardous, partially hydrogenated oils and the trans fats that have infested our foods for a century. The process transforms cheap vegetable oils into tasty solids with seductive textures and, quote, mouthfeel. These are ideal for cooking because they tolerate high temperatures. When baked into cookies and sweets, they can sit for years in colorful packages on store shelves without getting rancid. They are commonly found in margarine, vegetable shortening, which is often used in restaurant deep fryers, many packaged snacks, many commercial baked foods, ready-to-use dough, many fried foods, coffee creamers, dairy, and non-dairy. The good news now is that these synthetically altered oils have been partially banned in many countries and some states. The U.S. requires labels and is supposedly phasing them out. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, and the Food and Drug Agency, FDA, are our food regulators. They promoted the now obsolete idea that animal fat caused heart disease and recommended replacing butter with cheap processed vegetable oil. These regulators are captives of big food industries, money, and work closely with their puppet masters. For more, see Martha Rosenberg's Born with a Junk Food Deficiency, published in 2012. The same author tells how food companies market soft drinks and other junk foods with complete disregard for health consequences. In her article, Big Corporations Like Nestle Are Aggressively Making People Even Fatter Across the Globe, published in Salon in 2017. Duff Wilson's articles in Reuters, 2012, elaborated. Coke and other corporations hijack the World Health Organization's policies using donations. Yearly U.S. sugar intake increased from 120 pounds in 1970 to over 150 pounds currently. This is two-fifths of a pound per day. 700 calories, and a third of it came from soft drinks. This total is the highest in the world and a quarter higher than the next biggest users, Germany, Netherlands, Ireland, and Australia. Dietary sugar is over a fourth of the calories we consume, and this doubles our risk of dying from heart disease. Sugar consumption causes diabetes, fatty liver, increased triglycerides, and obesity. People with type 2 diabetes, which is also caused by obesity, have twice the Alzheimer's rates as those with normal glucose levels. Our sugar consumption is likely a bigger health hazard than even processed oils. Corn is used to create most of the sugary additives in our packaged food. The U.S. spends $5 billion a year subsidizing the crop's production with federal farm supports. These began 90 years ago as a well-meaning attempt to protect farmers from bankruptcy by dampening fluctuations of crop yields and markets. In recent decades, the system mutated into a mandate to overproduce sugar. The land in the U.S. now devoted to corn cultivation is an area 80% as large as California. A few monster agricultural producers pay lobbyists tens of millions of dollars a year to keep it all going industry gave us a third damaging, quote, food class, artificial sugars. The first one, saccharin, was invented in the late 1800s and was in common use for most of the 20th century. 
The FDA banned it in 1977 because it caused cancer in rat lab rats. Indigestible sugars like this, just like real sugar, stimulate the body to produce insulin, which drops blood sugar and makes people hungry. This produces a vicious cycle of more junk food consumption and more obesity. What diet works? The vegans are vocal, but their evidence is slender. Michael Grieger, an influential herbivore, makes convincing rational arguments favoring vegetable diets and against fat consumption at nutritionfacts.org. These diets make some people feel great, and Grieger has a huge following. His latest book, How Not to Diet, includes over 5,000 citations. Some are valid, but others back oddball ideas. For example, Grieger reports that consuming chili peppers burns a few extra calories a day. Grieger is an ethical vegan. This means he believes animal lives matter and that we are murdering them. A plant-eating friend patiently clarified their doctrine for me. She said that meat-eating increases carbon usage and, quote, all the scientists agree that this will cause planetary apocalypse. If this is true, it renders all other considerations frivolous. My friend adds that she does not care if these eating habits damage her health. Although I am not an expert on climate change, my study of healthcare corruption taught me that conclusions based on small numbers are suspect. Likewise, divining the future is a game that most experts lose. I also have suspicions that other scientists are as subject to muddy thinking and financial incentives as the people in medicine. And after all the falsehoods in the media, I have trouble believing anything they claim as fact. So I leave these considerations to the reader. For myself, I choose not to imagine that I am living inside a dystopian science fiction novel. The China-Oxford Cornell study on dietary lifestyle and disease mortality characteristics was a massive epidemiological investigation of nutrition conducted in the 1980s. It concluded that dining on animals was harmful to the heart and caused cancer. The study advocated consuming carbohydrates and, like other sources of its day, was critical of cholesterol. Vegetable advocates often quote it. But the science supporting the superiority of vegan or vegetarian diets is questionable, and many studies undermine it. A meta-analysis with over 37,000 participants showed higher rates of bone fractures and osteoporosis in vegans and vegetarians. They had lower bone density. Another study of 42 European countries showed that the populations that ate more fat and meats had lower heart disease and death rates than those with higher carbohydrate consumption. An interview study of 1,300 Australians found a, quote, a vegetarian diet is associated with poorer health higher incidences of cancer, allergies, and mental health disorder, a higher need for health care, and poor quality of life. Vegans have a higher overall death rate in both Australia and Britain. Harriet Hall's article in Science-Based Medicine, entitled Death as a Foodborne Illness Curable by Veganism, published in 2013, is a skeptical comprehensive review. For readers of the print edition, references for this paragraph are at the end of this chapter. We now eat anything, anytime we want. We often consume food from the time we arise till we go to sleep at night, 16 hours a day or more. Contrary to the eat many small meals myth, this is unhealthy. Human studies support various types of fasting. During the period that people do not eat, their bodies heal. 
They produce higher levels of testosterone and growth hormone. These have anabolic effects that stimulate muscle growth and fat loss. Mice experiments studying food deprivation have been performed as far back as 1945. One recent study showed extended lifespans and improved health when the animals were fed over eight hours rather than the entire day. And the mice lost weight, even though the number of calories they consumed was the same. Humans with a modicum of restraint can simply eat for eight hours in a row and then quit. For example, they might consume food only from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. This has been successful for many if they avoid junk food. Some do well if they simply cut out eating after 6 p.m. The next step in this sort of restricted diet is to limit food to only two to four hours a day. This is popularly called one meal a day or OMAD, OMAD. Some people require longer fasting periods of up to several days to produce significant weight loss. These are complex issues and there is no consensus. John Ioannidis, the renowned Stanford study design expert, says the trials about the effects of diet and on health are flawed. He believes these are too small, not randomized, or otherwise biased. Observational surveys, such as the China study, show correlation and not causation. This means that the Chinese likely have less heart disease because of factors other than diet. To illustrate how little we know, recall the last chapter's discussion of Atkins-type diets. These consist solely of meat, eggs, cheese, and fat. According to mainstream medicine, Atkins was discredited. He died after all. But patients who can tolerate this method long-term have declining cholesterols and can quit most or all of their diabetes and high blood pressure medications. Some eat hamburger patties from fast food restaurants, and it works. Conclusions Animal fat consumption has no special damaging effects on the heart. Vegan diets have not been proven to be the healthiest, but they work well for many. Results vary, and there are no rules about what is best for everyone. Eating all day promotes weight gain and is less healthy than only having one or a few meals. Americans are using huge quantities of sugar, and this is a cause, possibly the primary reason for a heart disease. It's hard to avoid. For example, there is a lot of sugar in dried cranberries and beef jerky. Exactly how much you can safely consume is unknown. Partially hydrogenated trans fats also cause heart disease. Try to avoid this completely. It is leaving the marketplace, but watch out for it anyway. If, quote, hydrogenated oil is listed, it could contain the partially hydrogenated type. Monounsaturated fats, such as olive, almond, coconut, and avocado oils, are traditionally thought to be the healthiest choices for cooking, but they are no better than animal fats such as butter. Avoiding most restaurants is safest. They want our business more than they care about our health. Many serve the least expensive and the most palatable fats along with all the sugar possible. They put salt in everything, which has effects on high blood pressure and stomach cancer. In grocery stores, you must ignore tens of thousands of alluring, colorful packages. Check the labels, but always remain skeptical. Processed foods are unhealthy and hard to evaluate. Frozen, packaged, and canned foods usually contain undesirable elements. Buy the foods you understand and recognize. Meat, fruit, nuts, dairy, whole grains, and vegetables are the best choices. And I listed the references for the Vegans Are Vocal section.